Welcome back to the X-Ringers Podcast. I'm your host, Jules. I'm joined by Eric. Hello. Oak. Yo. And, unfortunately, Chev. Yo. And we are a longtime playgroup journeying the multiverse in the hopes of leveling up not only your game and not only ours, but also Wizards Design Team's game as well. Eric, this is an exciting episode that we have planned, and this was your brainchild. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the baby, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna put it in your capable hands, please. Yeah. So recently, uh, Wizards has been uh, sort of having to go with the old formula. Uh, they initially on Strixhaven went back and reviewed uh, color uh, half the color pairs and said, "How can we make these feel fresh and new?" Uh, because they've sort of been doing the same thing for a long time. It, Boros being probably the main offender, where Boros guy, swing, swing, bop, bop. And they were like, how, how can we change this? Well, you know, red likes to deal with the graveyard through flashback and stuff. White likes to deal with the graveyard uh, through, like, reanimation. So, like, let's look into that. And they, they sort of cobbled together Lorehold, and they uh, did that with... Uh, each of those color pairs, and I, I, I felt like that was a really interesting thing. And then we got to see that again on New Capenna uh, with uh, some of the tricolor setups, where they really went back at Bant to Bant and said, okay, what can we do completely differently, or at least pretty differently, and uh, the same with those. So, Wizards has notably left out half of the color pairings and half of the color tryings. I don't, I, I'm bad at words. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we're taking... Uh, Chev, please make sure I'm saying the right thing here. Th these are the enemy color pairs? Uh, that is incorrect. These are the allied color these pairs. These are the allied color pairs. That was a test and you passed. Congrats, Chev. Uh, I will be spouting more incorrect information as tests throughout this, I assume. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going back through to look at the allied color pairs uh, to hopefully come up with a, a fresh new look at them. Uh, these are just as, to some extent tried out as the enemies were and so we are in some combination looking to break some new ground but also justify why it's still in the color uh pie yeah what he said eric do you want to uh <laughs> you want to let it rip with with uh, your reimagining of a, a color pair sure i would love to uh as no one should in any way be surprised i have gone to selesnia um Mm -hmm. An Eric Staple. Yes. Wait, what? What? I know. Shocking. Uh, it's a color pair that really does a lot that I love. Uh, namely, it's all about plus one, plus one counters. Uh, but there's there's some unexplored ground in uh, in green and white, I think. Uh, sort of as a, as a baseline, to set the stage. When I think green white, uh, I, I think of it as being a very honest color combination. I said this during our initial group color pair breakdown. If you want to quickly pause this podcast and go back to that, <laughs> you can listen to my rant on green and white. But uh, short, long story short, it's pretty upfront about what it is doing and what it's going to do. Uh, rarely do you feel like... Rarely have I felt like I'm caught off guard by a green white deck. Their play lines feel linear, but they feel consistent, and that's what's important. And so that's sort of what I tried to focus on. And I, I ended up, when I thought about green-white, I, I, two themes came to mind. Uh, the first one was biopunk and, like, this idea of uh, organic materials and also, like, 
specifically task-made creatures. And then I thought about it a little more, and I said, wait a second, that's Simic. And so I went with my second idea, which was superheroes. Superheroes, they're public. They're upfront. They're honest in some fiction. Uh, but <laughs> they, they're they sort of like a, like a Superman character, I think of as being very Simic. It is both like powerful and Selesnia, you mean? Or Selesnia, Selesnia, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it is both like powerful and large and domineering, but it is also honest and law abiding and very ordered. But yeah, so I thought of uh, the group that I came up with a random name for them. It's the Mayaktar, uh, but they would be on the plane of infinity, with infinity, which I think of as like this giant, like uh, almost very similar to. Uh... You about to say the MCU? Nope, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Ravnica. Thank you, Ravnica. Almost very similar to Ravnica, <laughs> uh, but very like. I'm sorry, my brain. It's like a a hundred degrees in my office right now. Um, but like very, not an MCU style, but like very. I guess almost invincible would probably be like a closer analogy uh, of like a, a lot going on with like heroes, anti-heroes, like large government agencies, uh, like villains and gangs. And I, I think there's a lot to explore there. Uh, but namely, let's, let's get to mechanics. Let's get off vibes for a little bit. <laughs> Green and white do a few things that I think aren't touched on as often as they maybe should be. Uh, first and foremost, damage negation and mitigation. Uh, white has done damage mitigation pretty much since white showed up as a color. There's been a lot of takes one less damage. And there were a lot of very horrible cards at the start of white's career that were tap this and three mana prevent the next one damage. Uh, but it, it got a little better with that. There's uh, a lot of things where it's like, oh, you can make your creatures take damage for you. You can redirect, you can control damage with white. Um, with green, fog has always been sort of a core element. We've seen a lot of different fogs. Green also has some amount of control over damage. Uh, white and green both love deck sorting. Uh, I like this a lot more for green than I do direct draw. Um, and white also does this a fair amount of look at the top X cards, put X specific cards on top or X specific cards into your hand. You reveal them. It again goes back to that idea of being honest. Some amount of resource generation, but more limited and, again, more upfront. It's it's not a surprise what you're drawing because you're saying, I'm going to go get creatures. Look, I found a creature. It's in my hand now. Um, there's some amount of untapping creatures that goes into it, but I, I didn't really end up dealing with that. Uh, and then also returning cards from the graveyard to the hand is relatively core in both. So I came up with two new keywords for the color combination which are patrol and once more. Patrol X uh, is, uh, patrol will be followed by some sort of value, and it's look at the top X cards of your library. You may reveal up to one creature and one land from among those cards, add them to your hand, put the rest on the bottom in a random order. I imagine this being sort of a, a mechanic that has the lid kept on a little more. If there are too many patrol cards, I imagine the deck being way too consistent. Uh, certainly in standard, I imagine this being a problem where you have creatures just chaining into creatures, just chaining into creatures, and you're always hitting your land drops, which I, I think would be a little bit more concerning in standard or lower-powered formats. Uh, once more is a keyword I think can be a little bit more loosey-goosey with, which is uh, once more and then some sort of cost, uh, probably a mana cost. Uh, you may activate this ability only from the graveyard and only if a creature you control has died this turn. Return this card to your hand. 
Uh, I imagine this playing well with ETBs, uh, playing well with relatively small creatures and relatively low cost. So you're sort of cycling through a suite of powerful uh, or sort of moderately powerful creatures. I think this is sort of like a mid-range mechanic where you're trading off a creature and sort of bringing back the next one. Uh, it's very interactable. You can get things on the graveyard. You can uh, you can exile things from the graveyard. You can counter things before they go down. You can kill a bunch of stuff in one turn so that technically like they only mm -hmm. can trigger once more that turn. So I, th I think of it as being pretty interactable. Uh, I, I, I really like the... the... The first thing I like about it is that you added you control because I feel like that's very green white as opposed to just creatures dying. And I also think this plays well with the existing uh, revolt mechanic from I think it's 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 the, the second Kaladesh set. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was mostly in green and I think white. Yes. Uh, which was you know do a thing whenever a uh, if a creature you control died this turn or I think left the battlefield even that one was a little more open ended. So we have the kind of basis for this effect, and this is really just a, a reskinning of that and a new version of Flashback. Um, the one thing I might add to it is, if it is once more, uh, they might get like some exile clause, as we've seen in recent cards, especially in Dominaria United, where it's like they come back for one more go. Um, but I think overall, this the, both of these mechanics are really, really clean and fit into Sosnia nicely. I, I thought about that, trying to keep a lid on it, because essentially if you have two creatures with once more and you pace them out correctly, yeah. you, you can, can chain always them. chain them back and forth. But uh, Also the I, name, once more. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it's like you, know, you go for, for another bout, but once more. <laughs> one and one and one and one. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I really like the idea of if this... Uh, if this were a real mechanic in a real deck, someone being like, all right, I activate once more five times, I'll bring these five cards back from my graveyard. And someone being like, oh, okay. <laughs> judge, judge, fla flavor, judge. We, we got to bring flavor judge in here. Uh, but yeah, as you said, uh, Revolt was actually a huge inspiration, specifically the card Renegade Rallyer. Um, mm -hmm. was a, oh yeah, sick card. Yeah, we also made up some little cards uh, to show you guys that would be good examples Uh one of my favorite quotes from Morrow is, if your mechanic isn't a common, it's not a set mechanic. Uh, I, I think that really well sum, that sums up really well a good attitude for card design. So we designed at a minimum, and I apparently mm -hmm. did the minimum because everyone went a little above and beyond this time. Uh, uh, we made a common for you and a legendary for you. Uh, my common is Eyes in the Sky, one white green for an instant, prevent the next five damage that would be dealt to target creature. At the end of your at the end of the turn patrol x where x is the damage prevented by this card so that would be look at the top up to five cards of your library you may reveal up to one creature and one land from among these cards add them to your hand put the rest on the bottom mm -hmm. in a random order and a little sneaky too because you can be protecting an opponent's creature but just get that card advantage kind of the turn before you yeah um it, I, I think this becomes a lot more interesting in Commander or, like, uh, specifically, I think this card would be honestly kind of sick in PDH. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a consistency in, like... Green and white uh, notoriously are not so great in PDH, so <laughs> Listen, they'll take whatever help they can I'm get. I'm trying to help out. Yeah. Um, Listen, if I can draw two out of the top five, that seems, like, pretty solid. Yeah, this is like a dig-through time. I that, that was my main concern. Like, is this somehow more too powerful? But I think when you're limiting it like this on these cards, and maybe you have like one busted mythic in the set that Twitter will 
go crazy about for about 24 hours before they forget. Um, I think it can be handled well uh, because I do worry about giving because White's big thing, right, is that we have all the answers, but we don't know how to get them. So giving White too much access to card filtering, I think, could break their idea of how this works, specifically because all their tutoring is on equipments and stuff. So having just raw sort of advantage in this sense could be broken. And so it has to be kind of kept on a, a, a short leash. Well, Trev, you got to remember, there's green there too, and they can do whatever they want. So True. now it's fine. The green, the green claws, and then we are only getting creature and land. So there are protections on it already. Um, you just got to watch yeah. out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing is, in in if this was like a, a a full set, right? I feel like patrol. Eric's common is very just like, ba it's like basically a combat trick, right? Or like yeah. a preve prevention against a red wrath. But like I feel like a lot of other patrol at common or uncommon would come in much like patrol two right. as just like another incidental thing. Yeah, off yeah. Enters battlefield. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or you like know, when this um, attacks, patrol one. Just essentially, you put like when this attacks, patrol one on like a three one. And then, or oh no, sorry. I was uh, never mind. I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking of the damage prevention part of it, not the patrol part. Uh, it's been forever since I made these notes. Literally disregard everything I just said. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's go uh, into I, your, I mean, I still, let's go into your uh, legendary Eric before you. I still think that's there. that's sure. legit. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Patrol should largely come in smaller numbers. I thought this was sort of the top end of where common would look, um, and and with mm. that conditional. Um, Context, I, I I thought it would probably end up being okay. Anyway, legendary, Desky, City Shield. Uh, try saying that five times fast. Uh, four hybrid green white. Legendary creature, human warrior, uh, mythic rare. Uh, when Desky, City's Shield, enters the battlefield, all damage that would be dealt to creatures you control this turn is instead prevented. Then put a one one counter on those creatures for each one damage prevented this way. Once more, green and a white. Three five. I think this. So is this is good. Under this is powerful. <laughs> I think this is under tuned. So this doesn't. This doesn't have flash. Yep. So you're you're coming in and is once more activated at sorcery speed or instant. Uh, it's ret it's returned to your hand, not the field. So. Uh, oh, return. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Um, well, it it yeah. So I I think I wouldn't call it under or over, but knowing that the damage prevention is coming. Is kind of like that feels very green white in terms of like I'm gonna fog this turn, um, and that creatures you know get protection from it, and it doesn't give them trample or anything too, so it will just make them big. Um, it feels pretty fine, I think. Namely, my my use case for this card mentally was, you're gonna drop it, you're gonna say I turn all my guys sideways, and then your mm -hmm. opponent has to decide. Okay, am I going to take all that damage, or am I going to block it and make those guys bigger the next time I have to deal with them? Right. Yeah. That that feels that feels yeah. within green white to me. Yeah. I think though, once more, despite my sort of initial reservation of thinking it, it seems a little bit powerful, being able to do it over and over again, um, I I think on this guy it seems pretty well balanced. Uh, where he's mm -hmm. like, you know, his power and toughness aren't. Uh, egregious for something and it's essentially just like you play him and you get a vigor effect for the turn yeah that's it we know i love vigor yep oh yes um oh yeah although i i did have what if um okay hear me out i got this crazy idea what if 
you put a sticker on the card after you <laughs> after it you've activated it once more. <laughs> what guys? What, what I gotta be honest. <laughs> now that those are black border, you you could say once you've activated once more, put a sticker over this. You can't do it again. Memory issues are a thing of the past with stickers. Solving problems. True. Oh boy, I, I'm I'm most worried about kind of like digging at the edge of stickers to pull them off a card. Yeah. Oh, stickers, work, but stickers go on sleeves, not on day. cards. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. They're going to have to tune that <laughs> adhesive to, like, the perfect amount of stickiness, though. <laughs> like, post-it like note. Like a post-it yeah. note. Yeah, exactly. Where it comes off uh-huh. at just the right uh, amount of force. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, those are those are sort of the, the flag postcards where I thought that would give a pretty good idea of what I wanted this new version of green-white to look like. I like it. It's very, uh, like, between the recursion with Once More and the uh, the damage prevention that is, you know, wasn't like a, a mechanic that you invented, but you've incorporated into these cards, mm-hmm. it's a very sticky strategy, right? It's just hard to get past that sort of impenetrable, impenetrable wall, and that's kind of what Selesnya does a lot, either through tokens or just being, like, thick, countery boys, but I think you've kind of taken it in a a different and new direction, which obviously mm-hmm. was the idea. And then when you add on that patrol, you have just enough card advantage that feels, you know, okay and justified that you can, yeah, still build up a, a monolithic sort of board state in Selesnya, but you're just coming at it from, from a completely different angle, which I think is the right way to do it. Yeah. I, I, I was really happy with this. And uh, to, to be honest, I would love to see when inevitably wizards is going to finish out the color pie with their uh let's let's take another look at things i would love to see anything like this as the new way they look at green and white we'll make sure to put all these cards in the twitter thread show notes etc etc yeah i mean we know wizards listens to the pod and like follows us on twitter so i wouldn't be surprised if like if we go dark for a little bit you know like around the winter time they might have brought us in to work on a set like you know about a year out so (laughs) just Stay ready for that. We we have pitched them four completely different planes in this. Uh, like in our show notes is actually like a breakdown True. of like here's what each color pairing would be, and here's like sort of like a description of the plane. So we we've gone all out, you know. Yeah. And it, and it takes them like three years or something to design a set. <laughs> like it's hard. Yeah. We did a we. I mean, I mean, we'd have to design more cards, but like in terms of lore and like overall, you know set design we we got a whole year's worth in you know in the span of like two weeks yeah. <laughs> jeff why don't we just why don't we just head straight down the document just hit straight down it all right um so i did rakdos uh and and what really inspired kind of beginning with the lore uh for mine as well i was trying to think of you know where where do we see rakdos usually and that's going to be the embodiment from ravnica which is kind of these hedonistic carnivals it's like where the, the red is the reckless joy and the black is the pain and destruction and devastation. And you kind of get those things of like endless rage and hedonism. And so I was thinking, you know, that's that is kind of with, you know, red at the forefront. So what would a black red pair where like you get more of the flavor from black kind of come from? And I was thinking, all right, so, you know, black, you have the death, the the uh, do whatever it takes to win. And then red with where they've been kind of going in. um the impulse area and and sort of like magic that's a little bit like blue is kind of controlled magic and red is like well you can cast these cards next turn don't know what they are but it's a little bit more chaotic and so that made me think of Mm -hmm. you know 
less controlled magic and more uh, prophecy and foretelling and things where you're like you have a version of the future and depending on what you do that might change the future but you have a chance to act on that future at one given point and so i was trying to kind of pull that in do things and i came up with um scapulomancy or, or i i just found it and that is the the way of using bird and animal bones to tell the future so it's like old school, you know, back to back to uh, societies. Yeah, they have shamans and, and healers and this idea before, you know, modern religion. And I took that and, and something kind of hit in my brain, too, of like, OK, we're setting a scene in the 1800s, like Industrial Revolution England. You got snow on the ground. Uh, you've got like fog in the air, smog. It's like that, you know, really Charles Dickens-esque uh, area. And then... We're taking scapulomancy to the level of the Rakdos here are the doctors of the plane, where you give them the bodies of the sick, probably the diseased, and they're doing research on them. But secretly, they're also using them to prophesize to a to a dead god. And so I thought that really marred the the black and red together of like you know they're the they're taking the the dead, they're learning from them, and we're still doing you know advancement, but at a great cost. And then also we're we're slight <laughs> slight demon worshippers on the side. Um, Casually. Just a little bit as a treat. <laughs> just a little bit. So welcome to the plane of Victoria. Uh, the, the doctors and cult are red, black, and then we, we have all the other colors for the corrupt police, the hedonistic aristocracy, the government, and explorers. Um, alternatively, this could probably just work on Innistrad because um, very similar sort of like 1800s gothic style to that plane. Um, and then to kind of take the, the mechanical aspect, this, this black, red is going to invent a single mechanic and it's going to be heavily based off scavenge which was the somewhat underloved return to ravnica golgari ability on creatures to exile them from the yard put one one counters equal to their power on a creature you control i really like the idea of kind of using the bodies of the things that have been looked at by these doctors um the morgera to kind of make an advancement or to to tell the future and so i i introduce scapel based off of scapulomancy um and it's only on creatures and it's an ability that you activate from your graveyard exile this card from your graveyard to exile cards from the top of your library equal to this card's power you may cast those cards this turn scapel only as a sorcery so if you check the text for scavenge it is very similar and the real only difference here is instead of that green of you know putting one one counters we're using the new red impulse draw to look at the top couple cards uh, the common I give for an example of this is a plagued peasant. Um, three mana, two and a black, a human peasant with death touch, and a one-two. And it has scopel for one red. So it's at common, you know, you're getting a little bit of extra card advantage off it. Maybe you're using this late in a draft just to draw an additional resource. Because we've all been in, in pre-releases where you run out of resources and you're kind of screwed. So getting just like one extra little bit. Worst case, it's a land and it goes away forever anyway. And I really liked, I wanted to give it Death Touch or something too, where it's, you know, we're, we're learning from this body. This body was plagued, and then we can kind of move on from it. Um, <clears throat> and then taking mm. things in a little bit of a, a different direction for my legendaries, I kind of wanted to play with the mechanic. But these two characters, uh, for those of you who are unaware, Burke and Hare are real uh, <laughs> people from the 1800s in Scotland, where they ran a scheme um, where they would murder people and then sell the bodies to the medical college. So, you know, <laughs> since cadavers were in such short supply, people would normally get them from graveyards. And so Burke and Hare were like, you know, cut out the middleman, just get fresh bodies, and they go for more. 
So I really wanted to bring these characters into magic because I really felt that they embodied what I was trying to do with Black Red. And so we have partner with um, Burke, Carrion, Courier uh, is a three mana one three with partner, Death Touch. And whenever Burke, Carrion, Courier attacks, put a corpse counter on target creature and opponent controls. All right, normal so far. Finally, creatures, Wait a minute. creatures with corpse <laughs> counters on them gain decayed and are zombies in addition to their other types. So Burke is, you know, he's poisoning some people. And the idea here is we were doing things that are within the color. And one thing that we didn't see from when Decade was introduced is Decade counters. Uh, so I tried to play around not having to do that, but just give cards Decade anyway. Uh, and this way, you know, you're, you're trying to play politically with like these creatures hopefully won't attack because then they'll die. Um, and Burke would be fine by himself as kind of a political angle, but he also has hair, Seer of the Crow. Um, a black, red, and three for a two-three. Uh, when Hair Seer of the Crow enters the battlefield, goad all creatures you don't control. So that's ability one. Playing with those corpse counters, you load up your opponent's creatures. They all attack. They're all dead. And then to kind of capitalize off that, uh, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you may exile it. If you do, exile the top card of your library. You may cast either card put into exile this way until the end of your next turn. So I thought this was a kind of fun growth on the impulse we see with Scalpel, but also playing into black synergies as well, which we know Gonti, we know Atali, and all these other ones that let you exile... Well, Atali's red, but both of these colors have the ability to exile cards your opponent's control and play them from exile. And I like this little idea, too, of playing by itself with, you know, goading everything and then being able to cast them, um, but then also your own synergies as well. And then those two could go together to really just mess things up. This is a sick pairing. And I mean sick in, in like several different ways. <laughs> like it's it's very cool. I, I like the synergy. Also, I I don't ever want to have to deal with this. That's dirty. <laughs> Making my boys decayed. Disrespectful. But uh yeah, I mean it's a one three. Just flavor wise, obviously well put together, but uh Um well okay. Well also uh the the decayed means you can't block either, so <laughs> I, I do like that Burke is very hard to block. I, I, yeah. It's really tough to get in his way because you... Essentially, you need two creatures to ever try and block him. Mm-hmm. And you're going to lose both of them. <laughs> Originally, I was going to give him Menace, and then I was like, why? I can just give him Death Touch and the other abilities cover it. <laughs> These guys went through so many iterations because I was really trying to bring Scopple to the Legendaries, and I, but I was really trying to avoid something like... Um, you know, creatures in your graveyard get Scopple three or something kind of like uh, yeah. we see with Unearth and those because that felt very boring to me. So I was like, how can we kind of play with this in a way where you're instead of using your own bodies for research, you're using your opponent's bodies a little bit for for more interesting activities. <laughs> uh, I, I also really like Burke's flavor text, which is any minute now. <laughs> um I, I typed this on the dock as soon as I saw it. I love Scapple. I think it's such an interesting and cool mechanic. Yeah, I think it was a great it's a great way of tying a um like flavor feel into uh, a magic mechanic since it's like you are literally taking something that is dead and like you know, taking it well apart essentially, right? And then yeah. using the pieces to like predict the future or something and it's like okay maybe you could argue that that's like more of a scry thing rather than exile mm-hmm. cards but still 
It's it. It's in red. Yeah. Like if it, if this was like blue black or something, then maybe like scry yeah. or surveil. But I like the red of you know you don't know what you're going to get. Like yeah. this is somewhat chaotic energy in terms of you know you're you're sacrificing these bodies or you're learning from them, but you don't know what you're going to learn <laughs> until you use those resources. True, true. I also like that, as with 1800s bone magic, sometimes it doesn't work. You just get a land, <laughs> and you're told no. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, I, I did want to make it cast because yep. I was like, all right, you know, like th- these aren't colors that can play lands off the top. Uh, I don't want to give them that. <laughs> you yep. just get nothing. You get ash. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, because that one, is, uh, the gods didn't like that one. <laughs> but yeah, overall, super cool. I, I also just want to say, or echo, I guess, what Eric said. I, Eric said, excuse me. Um, I really like... Uh, the design of Burke, and I think that's a very uh, creative way of incorporating decayed. Although I, th- I think you could have said, said just probably like put a decayed token on that creature. Yeah, I I wasn't sure like because yep. I know we have evergreen words. Yeah. I don't think decayed is evergreen, but I'm not sure we've gotten counters for non-evergreen abilities. Yeah. So I definitely could cut down on card text by being like creatures get a decayed counter. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to. I wasn't sure about that, and then I also liked you know the slight. Uh, down power or power down of Burke, where you know you remove Burke, those corpse counters mean nothing, um, oh, because then then yep. they're able to kind of keep going about their lives. Yep. Uh, and I also like you know if I'm able to bring Burke back, then they're still decayed. So it, it, it's kind of like I, I was thinking of Douthy Voidwalker a little bit, but obviously <laughs> in a much different sense, where like you know you get those counters on them, and then it interacts with the counters and not necessarily the ability. Okay, that's cool. I I, I like that. Although. Yeah, I think, well, it's tricky to say which one would be a better, I guess, balance choice, but mm-hmm. it's... Ret- Decayed counters would be more yeah. powerful, I think, <laughs> hands down, yeah. to, ju- to just put them on there. But... And so this is like a half step back, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think also I was okay with being a little less powerful because he does pair with hair, who also True. just has Carter's text to goad all creatures you don't control. And even that by itself could be a powerful enough ability but then all these other aspects are in play as well yeah forcing creatures with decayed to attack is uh interesting strategy i didn't really think of and also i mean if they're goaded and tapped then theoretically it's easier to get in with burke so that's that's a pretty uh, they i like the way they they sort of synergize with each other i think that's really cool i also i like that you can do something this powerful with hair because black red doesn't blink it, it's very hard to get hair to like flicker at any regularity. Yeah. All right. Now listen, use... we all know that's not true. <laughs> you have to use the uh, the the black like if this creature would die. Yeah. Um, on, on dying evil. Or... Oh no! You mean I have to sacrifice my creature and my black red deck? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. It, it's not like it's no. In I understand. Yeah. Your color pair. White. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. I I understand. Uh, well, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Jeff, because I'm interested. What do you envision a Morgaris sorcery or instant to look like? Like a one-time so effect. Yeah, we're obviously going to have uh, a certain amount of impulse draw. We'll probably read reprint. Um, <laughs> what? Read the bones. <laughs> read the bones. Yeah, we, we got read, <laughs> read the bones has to get reprinted in this set. Hopefully with new art, too, so we can do that. Um, I think it's it's very creature base so i could see some some things that are like in tomb style effects that you're kind of filling the graveyard with resources if they're going to be thematic um you've got 
probably cards that um, some sorceries that are like exile cards from an opponent's graveyard. Uh, exile X cards, look at the top X cards of your library, something like that, um, where you're kind of scalpeling your opponent's resources and kind of like seize the bones <laughs> as opposed to read <laughs> oh, the bones. Oh, Prince seize the bones. <laughs> um, and so I, I think certain things like that, where, you know, you've got cards that are like exile card from a graveyard, draw a card. Uh, exile things from opponent's graveyards. I, I would really want... Because you're going to have some filler for draft to fill the whatever and the other mechanics, the other color pairs that share these colors, etc. But I think for cards that are specifically have the watermark of the Morgera, which I'm really imagining like the... the Not Ravenstorm, but that one thing from Bioshock. Uh, Bioshock Infinite that looks like ravens in a bottle. Mm. Uh, that's what I'm imagining their, their sort of like symbol is. The plasmid that like makes raven shoot out of your hands. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but anyway... Uh, all that to say, the the watermark would be on cards that interact with your graveyard or your opponent's graveyard and gain some sort of card advantage through impulse. Um, or, yeah, that's that's really what I see as like specific to the Morgara brand. All right, I got this. Seize the bones. Three in a black sorcery. Surveil two. Draw two. Two draw. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I I like having a cycle of cards in all colors because the Morgara are cool enough to do it. Um, where they're just like all like whose bones, their bones, these <laughs> bones, these bones. Them bones. Yeah. <laughs> them bones. Them bones. Chev, I really. Dry I bones. think there's a lot of uh, space that could be worked with with that entomb effect, like you were saying. Um, specifically, if it was like entomb a car, not just like oh, just put anything, but it was like specifically put something with scalpel in there. Mm, mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think we saw it a little bit with back in amonkhet they had um aftermath uh, what were the, the two no the two like mummy mechanics oh uh, embalm and it, oh yeah and embalm and eternalize eternalize yeah. eternalize yeah i think there was a card or two in those that was that specifically was like put a yeah an embalm card in your when, when they reference specific keywords they can break the color pie um when it comes to like certain tutor effects and entomb effects and then for black, it wouldn't even really be uh, breaking it all that much. Yeah. I think if you had something that was like, I don't know, target opponent mills three and you entomb a card with scapel. Like, yeah. You yeah, know, for like two nifty. and a black or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I could definitely see a little bit of mill action in here too. Mm -hmm. Self-mill, maybe. I mean, you need Ooh. you need that fuel in the graveyard. A little buried yeah. alive reprint? Buried alive would be kind of cool. <laughs> it would be. It, I'm trying to also, wonder, like, buried pretty alive. Thematic. Yeah. True. Very thematic. They could probably reprint that. They probably could. In today's uh, day and age, they, they probably that, could reprint that. That'll be the next time we do in this. Like we standard. also include like reprints that are already kind of in the colors that work. I mentioned a couple cards that I thought would work well, like um, uh, Dark Dweller Oracle, kind of adjacent, and then Sir Conrad mm. would be pretty nifty mm. oh, to get yeah. him out of the Sir art. Conrad. But, Sir Conrad, you could probably just reprint because he's just a medieval. Yeah, yeah. He's just like a feudal <laughs> lord. This is an area of Eldraine we didn't explore before. <laughs> uh, well, wow, you just really do it with a Godzilla printing. Ooh, I like it. Uh, but anyway, uh, as we approach the 35 minute mark for us, Lord knows what it is for you people out there in the internet. Uh, Julian, what do, you, what do you got going on? Uh, yeah, I uh, not not as dark and depressing as uh, Chev's Chev's version. I started with the color I wanted to do and then kind of extrapolated out the uh, mechanics and then the lore of the plane from there. But I chose blue-white. What a surprise. Mostly because as as, as much as people hate blue-white, I also hate 
the the linearity of a lot of what blue white does and the whole like oh blue white is just control and stacks and we're not having any fun and i like blue and white as colors separately and i was like i want to i want to flip the script on these uh you know and maintain kind of a lot of the thematic things that blue and white does but in terms of actually mechanics kind of turn them on their head similar to like eric was saying how strixhaven was doing that so i knew right off the bat i was like i want to have something that has to do with combat in my blue white deck um, and, uh, things that I was thinking about, like, as I was referencing, this was like blue and white has a lot of vigilance. There's a lot of tapping and untapping. There's a lot of board control in terms of restricting your opponents. Think like propaganda effects, think like, um, you know, crackdown effects and stuff. And then also think obviously blue has extra turns. And then what I turned this into was I wanted to work with, uh, a combat mechanic that deals with your creatures being tapped but still being able to interact with combat kind of in a almost like a defensive style of combat and that extrapolated out into my plane of Zhao Den Ran which is a plane of all martial artists and then each of the different allied color pairs is a different martial art style so like red green would be like the boxers and like red black would be like Muay Thai and for the blue white we are doing uh jujitsu which is you know a big focus on grappling and what I kind of determined was uh, being able to go on the offensive while being on the defensive. So that's what we're working with. My keyword ideas um, are first off is just like a, a base static keyword similar to like, you know, something has flying, right? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we have grapple. This creature can attack and block while tapped. So now we're working in a design space where a lot of things uh, in blue and white that are like, oh, tap this creature, get some effect. Now this this is like a pseudo vigilance almost, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have um, lock, which is if this and also I hope I don't know how many martial artists we have listening, but these are like very basic terms. I, I would like to maybe workshop the names a little bit more, but uh, we have lock. Uh, if this creature attack this turn, you can pay some cost. If you do tap target creature your opponent controls, uh, that the creature your opponent controls that targeted creature and this creature don't untap during their controller's next untap step. And I realized I have to put the uh, the rider of activate only once a turn on there, just in case. Um, and then finally, because this was this was an idea, this was a mechanic that I still want to workshop a bit. Um, I really want to make it happen, but it, it might be a little bit too wonky with the rules, uh, is sweep. At the end of combat, if this, so like a creature will have sweep. At the end of combat, if this creature attacked or blocked this turn, you can pay some cost. Uh, if you do, following this phase, there is an additional combat phase. So instead of an additional turn, we're working with an additional combat phase. But uh, <laughs> target creature your opponent controls must attack during this additional combat phase. On your turn? Yes. What? <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that. Uh, all right. So I, I we'll we'll workshop it a little bit. Um, but let's let's go into the the cards you design, and then we can kind of discuss them. Yeah. Okay. So, so for my, for my like common, we have, um, uh, also, uh, I forgot to my, the name of my, uh, like clan or whatever is the, uh, Grasitsu, which is cause jujitsu is originally Japanese, but there's a huge contingent of jujitsu in Brazil specifically. And one of the like most famous, uh, Brazilian jujitsu dynasties of all time are the, the Gracies. So I kind of merged that with a bit of a Japanese sort of thing. Welcome to the Joe um, Rogan experience. So this is the Grasitsu Blue Belt for 
What'd you say? The Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> yeah, 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 a little bit. Yeah, if you've ever listened to Joe Rogan, he's mentioned these sort of things. Um, uh, one in a white for a uh, creature, one, three. It has guard, so it can uh, attack and block while tapped. And then we also have hybrid Azorius, tap this creature, scry one. Right, so you can, um, pl playing with that, I love to dirtle a lot, so playing with that kind of tapping and untapping sort of thing, but still being able to focus on combat. Like I want this to, I want it to take it in that direction, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just our common. Um, our uh, our legend, which is a rare, is Cristiano Gracitu the Vice, three white and a blue for a legendary creature, four six. It's got grapple, so once again can attack and block while uh, tapped, and then it has lock for one mana. So when you attack, you can pay a generic one, uh, tap this, and tap an opponent's creature. Well, that'll already be tapped. You tap your opponent's creature, and then they both don't untap. And also, whenever um, Cristiano locks, you put a 1-1 counter on him. And then finally, for my Mythic, because I wanted to incorporate... Obviously, a lot of this set's going to be like creatures, just because the, mm -hmm. the mechanics are focused on creatures. So I wanted a, a, uh, a non-creature spell. I did the Dojo of the Master Grapplers for 2 and double blue. It's an enchantment. Uh, creatures you control with Grapple get plus 1, plus 2. Um, so bigger butt, you know, being able to block while they're still tapped creatures you control with lock get plus two plus one to encourage attacking and then therefore you utilizing the lock ability and then creatures you control have sweep uh double hybrid azorius so so one thing if you to, assemble to... the if you if you assemble the voltron right you can like you can basically like theoretically take out you know like three of your opponent's creatures not necessarily um destroy them in combat but take them out of the equation so I've got a, a couple things. One, um, on the, the common you mentioned, the blue belt, uh, you, you referenced the ability that you call grapple as guard. So when, when Julian said guard, he meant grapple um, because grapple is the word that's mentioned, etc. cetera. Uh, I really like oh, lock. Oh, true, yeah. I think lock is really cool, and it could be reformatted to be a little less wordy, too, with the new stun counters. We're getting a Dominara United. That's essentially mm -hmm. if a creature would untap, remove a stun counter, uh, and it doesn't. So then you can put like a stun counter on both yourself and them, and then that cuts out half the words. And I like what you're trying to do with sweep, but I feel like it's an uphill battle in terms of one, the opponent attacking part, and two, the the extra combat steps, um, which is a very red ability and something that we kind of pull. And I and I understand kind of like taking the power back. And so might I suggest <laughs> taking uh, the power back? My God, <laughs> there's a there's a card that was printed in Commander 2013 called Illusionist Gambit. Now this is a blue card that references extra combat. It's two and a blue for an instant. Cast the spell only during the declare blocker step of an opponent's turn. Uh, remove all attacking creatures from combat and untap them. After this phase, there is an additional combat phase. Each of those creatures attacks that combat at Fable. They can't attack you or Planeswalkers you control that combat. So. We have the idea of blue being able to do this as a sort of reassigning of blockers. Um, so I think like you could really play into what currently exists and what we know blue can do and instead do something like, um, you know, as, as sort of a more controlly take on this mechanic where you're like, okay, I'm attacking and my, my opponent has the audacity to block with a death toucher. I can remove creatures from combat if one of the creatures attacking has sweep and then basically redo it. So sort of like a reconnaissance or like an ability to kind of remove yourself from combat, re-strategize, re-grapple, and go forward. Now, that is a big departure. I'm just trying to workshop 
as well like how do we get it to fit within the current understanding of what blue can do knowing that it can mess with combat if it's more of an adjustment as opposed to an additional right that's that's understandable and i definitely i i think something we all tried to do was you know flip the script but yeah, yeah. not like break the color pie too hard and and maybe i'm breaking the color pie a bit too hard on here the idea was i wanted like if you think about it if you're actually practicing this martial art mm -hmm. um and you want to, uh, you know, like actually grab someone or, or you know, execute. I, I literally know nothing about this. <laughs> execute some sort of thing like this, right? Um, like you are forcing them to engage with you. I Force to block this turn? You could go to them? Well, no, force, force to attack. Um, that's the other thing is I didn't want to say goad because uh, when you goad... It's until your next turn, so they would have to attack on their turn as well. Also, right. I didn't. That's but not something I wanted to bring into blue combat. and white. Yeah, I don't want them to attack during your combat. I think that is explicitly something that does not work in the magic rules. So that that's yeah, the sure. that's something else to kind of consider in terms of. Like, well, I mean, yeah, but the I wanted to gain control. I wanted to. Have it I wanted to. No. It's like I wanted to f force them to attack because since we can block, like theoretically, I can attack with something, right? You have to maybe block or whatever. Activate sweep. Now you have to attack and then I can hmm. specifically, you know, Is this their combat step? Can they attack with more than that creature? Or is this also your combat step? Because I think that's where most of the confusion is because I was reading it as you get an additional combat step. <laughs> And then somehow your opponent's creatures are attacking, which yeah. was throwing me off a little bit. So if it's like target opponent gains a combat step after this one, creatures they control must attack, then that might make more sense or is so different and no one else has done it? It was it was supposed to be both, like on yours <laughs> no. and okay. also on theirs. I, I, regret, I, I love yes and ideas, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to have to say no but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I... Uh, I initially had in parentheses in front of this, like, we'll see. We'll think about it. Um, I do really like the yeah, idea of the back and forth, though. So finding a way to kind of personify that I think would be really cool for this this clan. We can uh we can we can workshop it. There's already enough words in that in that uh in that uh mechanic. We can we can pare it down a little bit. But I think you could workshop it if you just take two words out of it. Take the words attacked or this out of it because then like you can only mm. do it during your opponent's turn but you can essentially like you give them an extra combat step but they're also goaded but also like taking away the ability to activate this ability after you attack t removes all the like busted shit with this because your creatures can already attack when they're tapped and notably this ability doesn't untap them but it doesn't matter because they mm -hmm. can still attack when they're tapped so you can I mean it, with your legendary it's it's essentially just like an insane version of aggravated assault where instead of paying five yeah. mana to have another combat step, you're just two. paying two. <laughs> yeah, I do also step. hate that about it is that it's two mana <laughs> aggravated assault. That's another issue that I did have with this. But I love Oakley's solution because it makes it defensive. Oh, that's... That's my bad. I... I didn't mean for um, yeah. See, once again, workshopping. I didn't mean for in that extra combat step, 
you to be able to attack again. Yeah, so but wait, why oh, is it also your okay. combat or, or, step then? Why isn't it just their combat step? Yeah, but with grapple you can attack again. You see how it's like it's like the it's like the one two right? Like you you punch them, you throw them against the ropes, and then they get like. I mean, this is WWE reference, but they like come back. They come back, and then you hit them again. Yeah, I, fair enough. I, I like Oakley's version. Oh, Oak, of I think I think I think your version Oak is probably the best because the one that I'm imagining, there's just too many riders. It's just like it would function, but there would just be too many riders of, mm. of like how to actually figure it out. I think yours is probably the best, the best way to do it. So, I do have. Cool a subtler issue as opposed to multiple people sharing a combat step in the middle of your turn. I, I listen on Unfinity is going to be blackboarded. So I, as far as I'm concerned, I can do whatever. <laughs> right, I want. Right. Totally fair. Totally fair. We're, we're, we're moving past that. I really like both grapple and lock individually. I think that when they're on the same creature, it's going to feel really unfair because tap during declare blockers, activate oh. lock, and then you still, like, you don't give a shit that your creature's tapped because it can be tapped for the rest of its life and you don't care because you could always tap. It, it makes it, yeah. it's like a weird for, sort of menace. It's, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought about that and... I decided I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, well, well, I put it on my, like like a, a rare legend, so I was like, oh, I can I can put these together. You're right. Like generally, they should just not exist on the same card. Another thing that could be tweaked is for I don't know like how you would officially word it, but like for lock, if it's like at the end of the combat step, just activate only at sorcery speed. You can only attack on your turn, yeah. and then it removes it from during yeah. the combat step entirely. If you put it as activated sorcery speed, I'm a lot more okay with it. It's still it's still a little dirty, but if you want to put something a little dirty on a modern legendary, who's going to say anything? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, Act, I think activated sorcery speed is probably, probably a good compromise there. Yeah. So you just need a creature with the abilities pop, then lock, and then lock. drop. <laughs> drop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, take us take us to the the sandy shores. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, for um, by the way, w just for a little bit of context for our viewers, uh, we're going in the order that we put these on the sheet, and presumably all picked our colors. So, um, I am last. <laughs> Left me with two colors, but of course, no one no one picked the color uh, I wanted. You know, red green because uh, you know everyone's really cool, and uh, there's definitely no other reason. <laughs> Uh, but for my sort of uh, redesigning uh, of the uh, red-green color pair, uh, I decided to take some inspiration uh, from Lorwyn and sort of like, kind of like with Julian, sort of like twist that on his head. So my theme was these sort of like tropical tree folk that live on a plane that like consists mostly of like, I guess like Islands, volcanoes, archipelagos. Again, sort of um, taking Lorwyn's uh, green, white, black tree folk, getting rid of the white, black. Let's add in a red for these guys that live in like a tropical climate. And of course, if you're familiar with Lorwyn's uh, sort of design setup, uh, the plane was, uh, I believe, had no oceans or. Was something something like that how it was described no oceans only rivers and lakes 
Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so this is sort of like, I guess, the, the antithesis of that. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, yeah, a lot like Warwin, and I also sort of envisioned on this plane, uh, the tree folk being the only sort of, like, intelligent species, uh, there being no humans, again, sort of like Lorwyn, uh, and everything else being, like, herbivore monsters, <laughs> so, um, all the other color pairs would sort of be twisted on their head, too, the green-white would be, like, a bunch of, you know, herbivorous beasts, but they've got, like, you know, fangs and tusks like uh you know a normal predator would be because they hunt down mm -hmm. the tree folk or they try to <laughs> um nom 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 yeah so anyways um i won't talk anymore about the weird tribal life of these tree folk no no that that life this is isn't a biology cool. podcast oak <laughs> i was, no, I was I reading it. through your entire description for these things it's it's super fun <laughs> to see like you know it is cool. a, a dominant tribe that is not human but also like so removed from what we've seen before well, but tell us about these uh tell us about these tree folk yeah so um like i was sort of getting at before uh the tree folk are pretty much alone uh on this uh on this plane, uh, like the humans on Ikoria, they're the only really intelligent species, and they're just alone out there, pitted up against all the creatures and, and beasts that exist on this plane, which all seem to be trying to kill them. So, um, in line with these, um, this sort of philosophy, or the design of the plane, I wanted to make uh, red-green, once again, turning it on its head a little bit, a uh, color pair for this set particularly focused around survivability at the cost of speed, whereas normally you think of green as, like, green-red as, like, big, fast creatures. This is... I still got big creatures, but, um, they're a little bit more shifted towards the toughness side, like tree folk tend to be, and, uh, it's not less of a focus on, uh, speed, more just, you know, chilling, like the palm tree tree folk. <laughs> <laughs> So, to that end, I created two new keywords, which I thought tied into this theme uh, really well. The first one is Genesis, uh, specifically Genesis, like, and a number, or I guess you could do Genesis X, but... Genesis X, when this creature dies, you may exile it. If you do, choose one. Uh, put X-1-1 one, one counters on target creature you control, or create X-1-1 one, one red and green sapling creature tokens. So, a little bit of built-in... Uh, resilience from creatures where if you um, if you lose one, it's not the end of the world. Um, <laughs> you get to transfer a little bit of that power that it had over to another creature you control, sort of acting as the mulch for the next generation, <laughs> or literally creating the next generation by making a one one or one or more uh, red and green sapling creature tokens. And I thought this especially worked well for tree people for obvious reasons. Uh, the second one is Armored, uh, where it's, it's sort of like an inverted version of the Riot mechanic from uh, the more recent Ravnica block, um, where, <laughs> I, and I didn't know exactly how to word this, but uh, it was essentially the idea was you can choose to have this creature enter the battlefield tapped with a shield counter or a 1-1 counter on it. I didn't know if, if it should be like a full ETB, because then like, theoretically, if... I, I, yeah, I guess I don't know. Most most creatures, I think, with shield counters, at least in Streets of New Capenna, entered with the counter on it so that you couldn't, like, yeah. kill it in response, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, I think so. So, something like that. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, you get that shield counter or the 1-1 one, one counter on it, uh, but the downside of it is that the creature must enter the battlefield tapped. Uh, so, yeah. Um, to that end, I, I wrote up, uh, you know, a couple cards, as the rest of the guys had. You've already heard this <laughs> part of the spiel. Uh, the common for this, uh, just super generic, uh, I, I think, um, green, uh, like, draft chav common. Uh, one in a green for a sprout. Oh, I forgot to, uh, mention the name I gave to this, uh, uh, band of tree folk, the Arakesi, uh, which I believe is just the like genus of like palm trees or something like that. <laughs> I was wondering why your spelling was so wonky. I was like, that's not a thing that people can. Yeah, that's Latin, baby. Yeah, something like that. I hate Latin. <laughs> um, Sprout Arakesi, uh, which is one in a green for a one-two uh, with Genesis one. Uh, so a little bit like I want to say. Um, Lazatep Reaver, I think? It was something like... Lazatep Reaver is a... One in a black, one, two... With a mass one. So when it dies, you get to make mm. a... Or, you know... Well, you know how a mass works. Gotcha. But that was yeah, sort yeah. of the idea yeah. behind that. Um, something to know about its power and toughness, like I said... Uh, or actually, yeah, I think I mentioned this before, but um, I wanted the power and toughness to be skewed a little bit more towards the toughness side since they were tree folk. Again, sort of moving a little bit away from the red side of things, where you generally have power greater than uh, toughness, and moving away from the green side of things, where you just have both of them really high. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> um, the what legend do you mean, I... What 3-3? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right, yeah. In, my, in modern card design, it would be. Um, the legend I designed for this uh, race of tree folk is... I can't even pronounce the name I gave it. Um, Kumulao. <laughs> I'm definitely butchering that, but supposedly that just means tree in, like, native Hawaiian. <laughs> right. uh, the Palm Elder. He is three generic, a red, and two green for a legendary tree folk with armored. Gotta put that set mechanic on it. Uh, enters mm, the battlefield yeah. with uh, three coconut counters on him, and you can tap him uh, to remove a coconut counter from him and either make two 1-1 one, one green and red sap rolling creatures or have him deal two damage to any target. He's a 5-7. Um, one thing I wanted to sort of keep in the red design space was being able to deal damage to things directly as opposed to, like, fighting them or just mm -hmm. destroying them because destroying them isn't really... So he's throwing coconuts at him? Yeah, throw coconuts at him. Um... I love that. I actually love that. <laughs> and then, uh, this this actually carries over into a spell uh, that I designed for this called Pyrogenesis. This is uh, four generic, a red and a green for a sorcery uh, that says, non-token creatures you control gain Genesis 2 until the end of the turn, and then Pyrogenesis deals four damage to each creature. So, um, the, red, the nice, like, red synergy with this is that red... Uh, generally tending to do damage in the form of removal and board wipes, uh, has less of a chance of killing your high-toughness creatures than it might an opponent's creatures. And even if it does kill your creatures, uh, you get a little bit of Genesis 2 tacked onto them, where uh, if you want, when they die, you can choose to exile them, 
and make your saplings or add a or add two one one counters to anything instead. Notably, I thought this card was cool because um, the way it sort of shakes out, you can stack up, you can end up like making two saplings and then stacking up a bunch of one one counters on those, or just like going really wide with saplings, or like going mm -hmm. a little bit wide and then making them a little bit, you know, it's multi. That's super cool. I really like it. I'm I'm all in for it. <laughs> I'm all in for it. The only the only thing I, I don't like is I wish that the palm elder. I'm not even gonna try and say his name. I wish we had a way to add more coconut counters. Like if it was like four mana, add another coconut counter. Cause like you can't be telling me that that large coconutty boy only's got one coconut on. He's, well, got, he's got three. He's got three. Is it three? Yeah. He does have three. Yeah. Sorry, I used the bad card templating. Oh, it, oh, I thought it said a coconut. Oh, counter. okay, yep. never mind. Three, three, co three coconut counters yep. works. I thought it said a coconut counter. Yep. Yeah. I all mean, right, you can always right, proliferate. We're good, we're good, we're good. We we could definitely make that a set mechanic. I really love Pyrogenesis too. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think that's a super cool design. I feel like the rest of us really kind of leaned into the big flashy stuff, but like Pyrogenesis, which is just like some good solid, like, oh right, we do need to deal with other people's right. things here. <laughs> um, and uh, and like you said, that I I think the Genesis mechanic is cool. The kind of um, you know, pseudo amass, pseudo just get counters thing. Yeah. Oh, I'll approve of this set if a lightning bolt is in it, a reprint with new art, and it says the natural predator of the tree folk. <laughs> I'm into that. The the tallest Sometimes they just get blasted. The tallest <laughs> tree folk. <laughs> um Oh, that's gonna well, be such sad card art, because it's just gonna be a big tall tree getting burning fucking destroyed. Burning the tallest tree folk. <laughs> Experience the strongest wins. <laughs> yeah. And this... <laughs> he thought his nickname Lightning Rod was uh, just <laughs> with his electric personality. <laughs> I wanna, okay, how about, how about like Lightning Rod? It's just like some tall, skinny tree that like, it's got like the lightning ball lightning <laughs> effect where it's got like trample, haste, and then you sack it. Yeah. It's, it's just a, like it's a tree a on fire that's just like running. You gotta, you gotta make that a legend. Have it the art of that tree folk from um, Lord of the Rings. In two towers, they're like oh, when they're yeah. battling, and the one guy just has his head on fire and runs into the water. <laughs> yeah. My favorite character from the whole series. We oh, just need him. Is. His name's Lightning Rod. He's a legendary. No one knows why he's legendary, but like a three mana eight one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Trample haste. When this creature dies, deal three damage to uh, target a creature yep. you control. <laughs> Genesis twelve. Oh god. Genesis twelve. <laughs> Genesis twelve. My favorite Bible verse. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> oh god! All right, that would be, yeah. I'm I'm thinking like we could get a pretty broken giant green spell that is, it, it we're in red, so it might work. But it's like target creature you control gets Genesis twelve, destroy target creature. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably sacrifice creatures. What you do? Yeah. If you know what you're gonna get, I think that's blue, but red is chaos from the deck. But no one's done make twelve tokens out of it, so. I, uh, I think a card that, or, like, some card text that would be interesting to see here is something similar to what's on Blasphemous Act, where it cares about the number of creatures on the field. Mm. And I, I think that would go well with sort of this slow, sort of ambling mass of plants that's just sort of constantly building up, where yeah. it's, it's just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, notably, I also like that Genesis can like your sapperling tokens can end up with genesis making more sapperling tokens and just 
again I, just the storm of plants. Oh, it says it says non token. Yeah, well, pyrogenesis, but there's nothing that says a token creature can't get genesis. Yeah, there's some other yeah genesis is when this creature yeah. dies, so mm -hmm. it can be on a token creature. It just, yeah. just isn't with pyrogenesis. Yep. Tropical rebirth target creature gets genesis four. Draw a card. <laughs> <laughs> Nacha, we all know it's got to be some, like, four mana. It's got to be, like, two green green. All creatures have Genesis 2. Yep. If you would make a sapling, make an additional sapling, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I like the idea of a legend that just has, uh, similar to the spirit from Kamigawa, but a modern, much better version, uh, that has Genesis equal to its power and toughness, and you can mm. sack saplings equal to its power and toughness to bring it back. And so it's just yeah. sort of this constantly mm. reassembling mm -hmm. tree. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. A bunch of little trees <laughs> coming it, together. To the, uh, it's just a bunch of little. Tr it's a bunch of shrubs in a trench. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. The the last card I want to suggest before we we probably should wrap this up for time. Um, we need something called palm oil. And it'll be a white <laughs> card, and it Bro. will destroy target creature and give them like a one one ooze. <laughs> oh. No, that's funny. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we publish, I will probably end up coming up with another card just because everyone else has at least three, and so I want a third one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Truth, truth, truth. I'll probably uh, I'll probably tweak mine to, to be not Please do. <laughs> problematic. <laughs> but, of course, if you want to see the original untweaked versions or um, all the art, because we'll probably post just a couple of them on the Twitter thread, uh, the best thing you can do is become our patron. Uh, if you do it before this episode goes, you will get access to all of our show notes. You'll get a shout-out on the website. Uh, we'll call you out on the podcast itself, uh, among many other things that we now offer. Uh, if you don't want to support us with a uh, every podcast donation, uh, use our code that's going to be linked in this description um, and on our website for a TCG player order. Uh, we know you're buying cards, um, and go use that. Yeah, if you want to like pre-order these for about four years in yep. advance, because mm -hmm. Wizards, they're going to pick us up one day, and oh boy, we got some real heaters you know, in the pipeline. So yeah. if you want I mean, any hey, of these cards. We could, uh, <laughs> you, get, you get our top tier patron patreon or patron account i don't know what they're called it's weird if you get our top one mm. by the time this goes you pick which design and we'll ship you a copy of it no. true <laughs> true on real cardboard anyway, and <laughs> if we get enough support cardboard. we'll we'll fully flesh out one or more of these sets that's all i'm saying <laughs> we will come to your house and play a game with you <laughs> <laughs> we have that's the threat we have skype you, you with actually have before. to pay the top tier for us not to show up at your house and play in your basement at 2 a.m Chef will show up to your LGS with the Eldrazi deck on FNM. <laughs> All right. We're devolving. That's enough self-promotion. This is the Hexfreakers. Good night. I uh, know. Let's see. No, it's <laughs> the world. It's all wonderful. <laughs> do, do, do. All right. I think I'm just going to... I'm just going to... Just gonna leave. <laughs>